been a, it's been a while, right? We're getting back into it. That's right. Welcome to Making the Dough Show. I am John Cohn. I'm Nate C. Murray. And I feel like we've said this with every episode that we've recorded in the last six months because we've uh, we've been a little touch and go as far as being able to record. For sure. And so we're back. And as, as we kind of said before recording, this is, this is now season three. We're on to season three of Making the Dough. We're going to call it season hey. three. We're almost to syndication. <laughs> yeah, really. That's perfect. 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 Uh, how are you doing, Nate? I'm doing good. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were really hoping to record a couple weeks ago. You got very sick. Yes. This yeah. plague that's taking everyone down um, took me down to a point where I was almost going hospitalization. Like mm. I was, uh, organs shutting down, Oof. dehydrated massively. Um, I'm back. It's good. all good. Good. Uh, in much better spirits. And sitting here with you after Thanksgiving, yeah, um, seven pounds up where I was a week ago. So feeling great. Well, that's fantastic. I need the you look very skinny right now. Yes, too. yeah, yeah. I'm gaunt. It's it's unpleasant. Great, great. Well, speaking of unpleasant, uh, we we've got some business that we need to get out of the way right off the bat. That's right. Uh, we launched Council of Verona. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it, and I I realized this as we were launching it, as we were going through it. Um, we launched it at the exact same time that Grindhouse launched last year. Ah, uh, yeah. And when Grindhouse launched last year, I was pitching a little shit fit because I was saying, this is the worst time to launch a campaign. <laughs> yeah. And then we launched our campaign the exact same week. Yeah, we did. Later. And and that was unfortunate. I think I didn't recognize how Halloween was going to nuke that whole week with it being in the middle of the week like that. Yeah. Essentially, in going into our first weekend was party weekend, including your party. Um, That took a lot of attention away. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we lost all that. Then you got Halloween in the middle, right dab in the middle of the week. Then we lost the weekend after as well. So it was just an absolute momentum killer. Uh, It was a lesson learned, like anything. Um, It was really good for me personally to remember that I'm only good at things when I take the steps and not to have ego. So I've done a lot of ego work in the last month and a half and here we are with a, a paused, not canceled, but paused project. Sure. Um, and, and like a phoenix rising from the ashes, uh, we actually have some opportunities that have come out of it. Yes, that's uh, been wonderful. So we had, prior to the Kickstarter, been talking to a publisher right, uh, who was very interested in taking it to retail, to mass. Um, and they were going to do that after we had fulfilled the Kickstarter or, or at least after we had run the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the Kickstarter issue that we had with the game did not deter that publisher at all. Um, and wow. so we are still moving forward with the game. I think we're going to be heading straight to retail with the core game. Yes. Um, and then if down the line, if the game is selling well and if we're, if we're all of our things are moving well, then we can look at running a Kickstarter down the line for expansions or new um, deluxe editions. Deluxing it up, yes. Yeah, uh, once, if it's popular, right? right. If, if people are enjoying the game and want more than, uh, than what, what comes out uh, in mass. Yeah. So the game is coming to retail. Um, it's going to be hopefully in some, some big name stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the art is, you know, is, is fantastic. Love it. Uh, it lo- the game looks great. And I think we're probably going to be uh, working some of our initial stretch goals into the into the new retail version of the game. Um, so you're going to still get a lot of the cool stuff that we had kind of been talking about. Um, I believe we're still going to be 
I, we can we can we can bleep this later if if we want, but I think we're still going to be doing the six player expansion. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. In, in it's this. a great product. You know, anything we can do. That's I think another thing we learned from the Kickstarter is making sure that we're adding a lot of things that add uh, a perceived value to the game. Right. And one thing that we got a little bit of criticism on was that uh, in our Kickstarter and comments was that uh, a couple of people felt that adding the player screens and the new art and the tweaks to the mechanics to improve the um, flow of the game was not quite enough to justify for them making that purchase. I think a sixth player expansion absolutely is is that final nail. I thought that adding the player screens and upgrading all of the art and changing the mechanics to make the game better was enough, but apparently... Yeah, this is no pleasing some people. Right. Yeah. And certainly there's no pleasing some fans. But this was a great lesson in like subjectivity versus objectivity. Yeah. You know, we both know how much better the player screens make that game. Yes. They are infinitely better. It's it's now a, a good game and, and, and they're just so needed and wonderful. But it's hard to sell someone on player screens. And, you know, we didn't we may we, we maybe were too confident at how good they were well, and didn't really break down why they were so good. Yeah, especially if we're trying to bring in new customers instead of people who have already played and know the game. Um, I think that's the big thing is if you've never played the game and if this is your first... Oh, yes, hello. Yeah, we have the dogs with us. Um, if this is your first time playing the game, you don't, you don't quite understand... Uh, how big of a quality of life improvement the player screens are because you've never had to sit there and be constantly flipping these tokens over right. sneakily yes. um, to try and figure out what you've got. Ugh, dogs. All right. <laughs> At least they don't have the poop emoji anymore. The poo toy that made all the farting uh, noises, right. yes. that, that has been destroyed. Yeah, that, that got cut in season two. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. we bought them a second one, and then they destroyed that one. So um, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Verona is um, still going to come out. It's still going to have a release. Um, you're just going to see it on store shelves instead of on Kickstarter. Yeah, which is great. And yeah. it's, you know, not every game is meant for Kickstarter. Uh, no. This is a wonderful product and a low price point, and it's going to do very well at retail. At least we think. You know? I think so. I think there's a lot of a lot of partners came out of the woodworks to talk to us about this game and, yes. and provide support. And so we are making some pivots to lean on what we're good at. Yeah. And we're going to get away from some of the things that have been slowing us down. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is it's a big reassuring factor is when other publishers who have uh, a, a good reputation. Doggies, can you guys just like chill out? All right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, when you have other publishers who have good pedigrees, who are you know a, a good part of the industry, and they're saying that they feel that the game is still a very strong choice, and that uh, you know that there's there's all of these opportunities still there, um, it, it is very reassuring. Right. Yeah. So um, that's what happens with Verona. Uh, still would have you know would have been nice if things had gone the way we hoped nice to get a win. Yeah. But. Um, you know, it's uh, any time a door opens or a door closes, another door opens or That's a window right. opens, whatever the phrase is. Yeah. You know. When there was one foot of set of footsteps in the sand, it was Baby Yoda that carried you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but the lesson we've learned with Verona has actually started to sort of snowball in a positive, very positive way. It's a good snowball. Because um, we uh, had some interest that came out also right around the same time from another publisher. Um, with our upcoming Eric Slauson game, Monstrosity. Monstrosity. Uh, Monstrosity. There you go. Um, we had a publisher who came in. They played it at, I think, Gen Con uh, with Eric. Or it could have been a different convention. I'm not sure. But in right. any case, they came to us 
And they, they asked if there was any room for us to get into business together uh, to co-publish this game. Right. And uh, we had a very nice conversation with they them. They are very good people. They're very good people, and they offered us an extremely fair deal. Um, we're, not, we're not getting rid of the game. We're going to be co-publishing Correct. the game. Uh, and which is great because a, another thing that we've learned uh, through Verona is that we're very good at putting together a product. Mm-hmm. We are maybe not the best at figuring out how to market and then deliver the product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to remove that burden from our shoulders. I yes. think what Verona shows mm-hmm. us and Monstrosity shows us is we do have good game picking taste. I mm-hmm. think that that is a strength. And, and we, we do have good a, dev. We do good dev. We make, yeah, we, we are serious at dev. We both do it professionally a lot yep. and having that skill. So we're kind of doubled up on the creative side a little bit. And the infrastructure side, which is, you know, much less interesting and inspires uh, anxiety and depression, um, we're going to offload as much as possible and we're just going to be fast and good and yes. create excellent products. So we're, we're moving more toward, not to say we won't ever make physical product ourselves. No, but no. But I think to get that, us off the ground, I yeah. think this is good for right now. Absolutely. So, so in the the current mode of our, our plan is that we're kind of transitioning towards a more design studio role. Right. Um, so we've got Verona, we've got Monstrosity, and we have a third thing on the horizon that we can't quite talk about mm-hmm. yet. But we already the have most transparent a, podcast and podcast. Yeah, really? Yeah, seriously. That was living whole, up to our mission statement. That was the whole mission statement. Uh, we have a third one that is a licensed product that we've already talked to a publisher. We have to acquire the license, mm-hmm. um, but we have uh, we have some some. I think the ball's in our court. I think we have some some advantages in getting that license. Yeah, definitely. Um, and a publisher we had talked if, to previously yes. had said that this was kind of their unicorn, just like you had said this game was your unicorn. This it license. is. So if you're of the three fans that know me, I, I mean, Eric knows what I'm talking about now. Eric, yeah, Hi, yeah. Eric. Um, There's a couple. Yeah, of, if you've been so listening to this show from the beginning, you know, you know exactly you know what, what we're getting. We're talking about. And it's going to be epic. It's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> great, great word there. Um, yeah. It's going to be epic. Yes, uh, it's going to be a great product, and we're going to have another great partnership that is is already. Um, it's it's in the works, but they they just don't. Know they don't yet. know that they're going <laughs> to. They that Christmas know. is coming early. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So we've got uh, three products coming up that mm-hmm. we already have kind of partnerships lined up um, to handle. The more publishing side. We right. are going to be handing over some turnkey games and, mm-hmm. and a lot of design and art and all of that good stuff. And then they will handle the production and marketing uh, and delivery. Right. So that's kind of where we're going right now. That's what we've been mostly uh, within the company of Bread and Circuses focusing on right now. Um, and then coming up this weekend, yeah. uh, big some big steps for us. Uh, I'm going to be heading to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. I'm very excited for you. Yeah, so we've got a couple of things that we're going to be doing there. Right. Um, I think we, I mean, I'm going to be demoing Monstrosity at their booth. I think we can probably announce... Or no? I, I, well, I mean, it's going to be obvious if they see you at the show. So let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I want to put it on air. I, I like sure. signing contracts before saying things, but sure. You know what? That's fair because the last time we sung praises of a partner that we uh, teamed up. Oh, with, they they dogged us pretty they good. Dogged us, and it didn't end up working out so oh, good. Oh yeah, I don't that know was rough. We, can we mention that? No, nope? I'm being okay. nice. I'm on this new wavelength where All I'm. Right, let's uh, be nice. Well, I'm again, hum- if, I'm humble and kind. If you've been listening, it's my brand. If you've been listening to the show. We had some very nice things to say about a partner that we partnered with, 
and uh, we're no longer partnered with that partner. They, they dropped the ball, they, and then they kicked the ball far away from oh us. My God, they and then they really, hid the ball, and then they asked, "Wait, was that a problem?" <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest thing. God, we're being so vague again. Um, we had a partner who was going to do a lot to help us with a project, which may or may not have run on Kickstarter and been pulled uh, that we were doing, and. They had promised a lot of things. They'd promised the sun, the moon, and the stars, and instead they gave us, um, I don't know, what, like those little glow-in-the-dark star stickers. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's like pretty hand-me-down what, style that had no stick'em left and yeah. didn't really glow. Um, and then they said, well, that's what you meant by sun, the moon, and the stars, right? And yeah. we went, not quite. Yeah. Um, it was almost like we'd been infiltrated by the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> Your keywords are... Yeah. So on point today, Nate. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so that that also that didn't end up working out. We learned some lessons and um, I guess trust. Yes. <laughs> We've done trust falls around the office now. It's it's all better. Yeah. It's all good. When it, there's only two of us, trust falls uh, get a little dicey. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's, that's what's going on with us. I am going to be demoing several games at PAX Unplugged. I'll be mo- demoing Monstrosity with our new... Publishing partner, which I, we are not mentioning right now, uh, the name it's of. It's going to be a deep relationship with them. It's fluid, you know. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's dynamic and fluid. Hang but, on, let uh, me take a sip of this water. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, oh, great. There you go. So um, we're going to be doing that. I'm going to be running some demos for Grindhouse. Um, everything Epic is going to be represented at the show. That's right. Everything. Epic oh. is going to be at PAX Unplugged. Oh, how are they doing? They're doing great. They're, well. they're doing great. And okay. I'm going to be demoing uh, Grindhouse, which is going to be a lot of fun, especially now that we're moving into the holiday season because the core game comes with the Krampus expansion. That's fine. So I'm going to be uh, running some Krampus expansion on that. Uh, once I get back on, I think on the 10th, I'm going to be on John Beckler's uh, Tabletop Takeovers and we'll also fun. be streaming the Krampus expansion of Grindhouse live. And oh, so that's on okay. Facebook Live. You can cool. watch it. I think they post it on um, YouTube later. Uh, but that's that's Tabletop Takeovers with uh, John Beckler, who's like the most stellar person. Have you met John? I've not. I should. You should, should meet, meet him. John. He's like the nicest person in the entire world. Oh, perfect. So, um, yeah, that's that's coming up as well. And we'll hopefully record an episode. I think we're I think we're on track. We're back. We're, we're back. back. We're, we're back. back. Season three, one. kicking off strong. Yeah. So we got dogs. We got games. Yes, it's epic. We will do a uh, kind of a post mortem, a breakdown of Packs Unplugged after I get back. Yep, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about running to uh, tabletop takeovers. So that's yeah, that's a lot of go. stuff right that's there. Great. And oh, and then we've got yeah, we're doing some other meetings and stuff at Packs Unplugged. Everything's good. Yeah, it's, and it's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. And in big show news, I'm back in shows. Mm-hmm. I'm off the sidelines. I'm back on the field. I try to get out. Pull you back in. I just, I I realized, you know, a lot of Verona was really good friends and partners coming to us and and kind of propping up what was a negative situation and turning it positive. Mm -hmm. And those friends and partners are are well-earned friendships and partnerships that happen over beers at shows. Sure. And so I, I wanted, my whole goal was to hide my face and keep my head down and do some work. But the style of work that I do is very much interacting with people. And yeah. so I got to get back out. So if uh, the 2020 tour starts for me with PAX South, okay, good crossover from uh, for Clover, I'll be able to do some work. And for us, I'll do some work. Gotcha. So catch me at PAX South, uh, Matt. PAX Pac- South. And then I'll be, uh, first. my first one I'll be at in 2020 will be Gamma 
which is not a consumer show, but mm-hmm. um, great, I'll be there. Great industry show. I love if you are going to Gamma. a serious industry person, Reno is the best town in the world, first of all. And Look. so it's worth it. In, and just for Reno, you want to go. Uh, sure. <laughs> that's my Graceland. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but, I don't think I've ever been as sad as when I wake up every morning in Reno at Gamma. And I go down, I walk through the Pepper Mill Resort and Casino to go to the little breakfast place. And to do that, at 7 a.m., I have to walk through the casino. And there's just tons of, like, 80-year-old people who are sitting there at the slot machines. Uh-huh. They've got a line of empty drinks. Yeah. They've got a full ashtray of dead cigarettes. Yeah, they do. And it's 7 a.m. These yeah. people have been gambling all night. Yes, they have, And it John. makes me... So sad. Oh, it uh, makes me so sad. A, a, a quick aside of sad. So I'm traveling. I traveled for Clover recently to Timonium, Maryland, and uh, you know, you and I both have insomnia, and yeah. um, especially on the road, it gets really bad. It and does. So I had been there two days, which meant I had slept thirty minutes and right. for two days, and I was just pacing my hotel room on my getaway day, hmm. and finally at seven a.m., I just went downstairs and I said, "Look." I need a Bloody Mary. Where am I going? And they sent, so I get sent in the cold snow to a little diner, have the worst Bloody Mary of my life at 7.15 in the morning. And I'm just, I know I'm looking a wreck. And because the, uh, the the waitress goes, are you okay, honey? And I go, I haven't (laughs) slept. And then I try to tip her 20 bucks, John, because I just, um, you know, when you're in a dark place, you help somebody out. Sure. She gave me my change. She was like, that's too much, dear. So I'm sure she was monitoring bridges and timonium for the rest of the day going, I hope I didn't <laughs> no, really? someone's last drink. But I was able to go back to bed, and there you go. But that's sadness. Yeah. Reno. Yeah. Reno's joy and bliss, baby. Mm, okay. Come on. <laughs> anyway, that was a weird aside. Yeah. Uh, but Gamma's a great show to go to because... Yeah. At any other show, you're going to get the wild-eyed look from a publisher. They're going to be sprinting around, managing their booth, managing pitches, managing industry relationship meetings. At Gamma, they're going to be relaxing. You're going to be able to walk up, have a long conversation with anyone in industry, and they are not busy. They have time for you, and they want to chat. Sure. They're all loving hanging out, too. So best show to go to if you're trying to be serious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gamma is where I have uh, signed the majority of the games I've pitched. Uh, funny, oh, a little, another funny little aside, uh, talking about Grindhouse and Everything Epic. I signed Grindhouse at Gamma, except that um, Everything Epic was not at Gamma. I had emailed them thinking they were going to be there, asking for a meeting, and they were like, we're not going to be there, but do you want to just do a phone call? And I'm in my hotel room at the Pepper Mill That's in awesome. Gamma, talking to Chris Patarlis, who's been on the show, um, ha- the head of Everything Epic. And he was like, yeah, man, I love this. Let's, let's make it. That's awesome. uh, so <laughs> I signed a game at Gamma without actually being face-to-face that, with the person. That's pretty amazing. Which is pretty yeah, fun. so Gamma's a good luck show for you. Gamma is. It, and it Reno's is. a good luck town. Yeah, and then I'll be, I'll be at Gen Con. I will not be at Origins because, oh, right. here's, an, here's something we haven't recorded since I got engaged. You're engaged, I'm John. engaged. To be married. To a To, to a your human, girlfriend. To a human being. No, she's not my girlfriend. She's your fiance. That's oh. my favorite thing is telling people, they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, well, Delaney's not my girlfriend anymore. We're no longer dating. And oh they're God, like, what? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. We're engaged. Oh, God. I know. I can picture you doing that. <laughs> we got engaged. We went to, I went with Delaney's family. We went to uh, Europe. We went to Budapest. We went to Slovenia, and then we went to Croatia. And I proposed in Dubrovnik, which is where they film all of King's Landing. Almost proposed on the shame steps. Did not. (laughs) Decided against that. Uh, But instead proposed over at the harbor, uh, where all the ships come in in Game of Thrones. So that was pretty cool. Uh, But our wedding is 
during Origins. All right. So not going to be at Origins this year. Mm-hmm. Neither are you. If I get an invite, I'm all right. All right. That's to save oh. the date. That's oh. telling you people are probably invited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Here we go. This is amazing. I didn't even plan for this, but this is great. We're on the podcast. Hey, Nate. You want to be a groomsman? Oh my god! <laughs> yes, of course I do. That's Woo-woo. a big. That's a big honor. Yeah, oh, that's so great. Oh, that's perfect. So, yeah, like one thing I say about you, and I tell everybody this because your Halloween party, but you have a lot of very good friends. Like they're just good people. And uh, wow, I'm like misty eyed. That's lovely. <laughs> but I was like, I won't be offended if I'm not in this wedding because he has such good friends and so many of them. So what an honor. I'm excited. I will say, oh my God. You are the only groomsman that I haven't known for more than 10 years. Oh, that's such an, I am honestly misty eyed. I, I love me a wedding. Oh man. Oh, what's a John bachelor party seem like? I don't, I don't even know. We got to do no something. Idea. Yeah. You're not a, you're not a tradition. We're going to do not like a, a I'm game. I'm not a strippers and gonna, yeah, no, 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 that's not my jam. Maybe like a LARP. Yeah. Something. We got to yeah. do something. Yeah. We'll do something cool. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah awesome. We'll figure something Wow. Cool. So exciting. I did not know that. That was a real moment. That was, that was, oh, a, that was here on the wow. podcast. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> on the podcast. On the pod. You yeah. Can first. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. What else is exciting? That's a hard. That's a hard one to uh, to top. I should have probably led. So with my I played Ghostbusters a video games. game. Yeah. Uh, that's my pick for the week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other fun thing that I, I wanted to talk about was uh, Ghostbusters Blackout um, is getting a second printing, um, but not in English. It's getting yeah, a second printing cool. in Portuguese right. because there is apparently a market for it in Brazil. Yeah. Um, so where there's going to be a, a new promo card that's going to be both in English and in Portuguese. It's going to go to all retail stores. Uh, and yeah, it's going to get a printing in Brazil. So. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's Ciao, exciting. Brazil. That's my first time getting a yeah. second printing of a game that I've made. So Very cool. You know what? Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to, you know, put it on the same level as getting a case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A thousand but, copy print run in Brazil. You let's know. just say I'm excited about both. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm really excited. And now I'm looking forward to a, figuring out a John level bachelor party. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm serious on this. Because it's not going to be casinos and that, that no. machismo stuff. You need something cool. No, We'll that's make not, it memorable. Yeah, that's Perfect. not really machine. Wow. Really exciting stuff, guys. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> Keeping the excitement train a rolling, which it just—it's hard. I, I should have—I should have done yeah, this in yeah, a totally yeah, different right, order. Yeah. He kept it off the screen. It's not even in the show notes. He just—he just dropped that out there. That was I cool. did. I did. Uh, <laughs> uh, but another cool thing uh, that we just—that we just played, and I've been obsessed with this game, this new game for a couple of weeks. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Totally. Yeah. Brand new game from a brand new studio, uh, Atomic Mass Studio. Oh wow. Yeah. They're. I did not I mean, know that. They're owned by Asmodee. Well, and it's is. three. I think we technically are. <laughs> that one also. Um, it's three former Privateer Press employees. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, one of whom I'm, I'm buds with, uh, Dallas Kemp, who cool. is yep. the lead uh, character designer for this game and, and our, our artist. Uh, one of the one of the, again one of the nicest guys. And if you ever if you ever anybody if any of you ever meet Dallas Kemp um, at a convention. Try to go to karaoke with him. He's the coolest karaoke singer. Oh, that's awesome. He did the he did Britney Spears Hit Me Baby one more time. Perfect. But like a death metal version oh, that he wow. sang. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever heard. Fun. Um, so it, it, on top of being an incredibly talented artist, um, he's also a great singer. Uh, but we played Marvel Crisis Protocol today. This was your first time playing. First time. It was probably my fourth or fifth game. I've got most of the minis fully painted at this point. 
Uh, what did you, what did you think of the game? I I was uh, very enthralled. So I was a huge HeroScape fan, um, and then a huge HeroClix buyer and also fan. And this took um, I'd, I'd say everything good about Clix is here on this table, mm-hmm. but in a pleasing way. Instead of Clix can be very tense with the movement rules and the very punitive ways that you can take damage, and you know it's a skirmish kind of thing. Um, so all of that was there, all the good, none of the bad, and then almost all of HeroScape was there as well. So it was just we did a draft, a point total team. I mean. There was so much good, and then it was... We weren't playing just to KO each other. No, no. This is an objective-based game, uh, much like Batman Gotham City Chronicles that we played. Um, It's all about hitting those objectives, and if you're not doing something in service of capturing an objective, then you're wasting your actions. Yeah, and uh, very tight design. I mean, I picked it up very quickly. You explained it well, and then we were off to the races. Um, and it's one of those games where halfway through, I was like, oh, next time I'm going to do this. And right. when I think next time, it means I want to play a game twice. Yeah. And in this market, I mean, that's hard to do almost. The fact that you've been converting fans nonstop, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's worth it. And I want to see more expansion stuff. And I will only play your set because you have to build the minis. You do. And I ain't going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ultron alone was like 21 pieces you had to assemble. Uh, the one, a couple of big positives uh, for the minis is that they're 40 millimeter instead of 28. So they're a little bit larger than your average miniature. Um, they're hard plastic instead of resin. And the way that they've been designed, the pieces fit in very well when you glue them. So if you drop the character, it's not going to explode into a million little pieces. Uh, the way you describe the game in relation to like Hero Clicks and Hero Escape, I would almost say the exact same thing for me, but re- re- uh, regarding War Machine. Because I was a big War Machine mm-hmm. player. And I felt the same way. I was like, this took all of the best parts of War Machine and streamlined them and made it really tight and really fun. Uh, dice chucking, heavy strategic, not really heavy strategic, but strategic miniatures skirmish game. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was a good, there was a good balance of strategy and tactics. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I was telling you after the game, so John won, he made a really slick uh, last couple of moves that were really fun. And Spider-Man. again, it was... It's all yeah, Spider-Man. He, yeah, he was angling for the objectives instead of the fight. And it still came down to, you know, a couple of clutch die rolls at the end. So it was very tight and yep. fun. But I definitely saw that my tactics, I was able to quickly do it because of the experience in this genre. Uh, but my strategy going in was a problem. Mm. And I, I could not overcome my initial strategy failures. But I'm so excited to try again. Yeah, you yeah, you had a rough first round. And this is definitely a game where every activation counts. Yes. Yeah, you can't yep. waste an activation. Yeah. Um, another really cool thing about this game is that there's a lot of room for model customization. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun stuff people are doing online. I've customized a bunch of my models so far. I've, I've turned Modoc into Modop. Yes. Um, he is a mechanized organism designed only for partying because he has a red solo cup in his hand. Uh, looks good, too. He did a good job. Ultron has a duff beer in also his hand. Also looks great. Uh, let's see. Who else did I customize? Uh, red Skull. Instead of having a glowing Tesseract, he's got the Hellraiser cube. Um, Spider-Man, I made webbing that he's shooting out. Um, and then I made Captain America holding Thor's hammer. (laughs) Yeah. So a bunch of really silly things to add in. But when you have those 40 millimeter models, you can really kind of get away with a lot more cool stuff because they're large enough that there are actual things from the real world that you can bring in and, and kind of repurpose. Um, the models are fantastic, really great sculpts. Um, the poses are very dynamic, 
which is cool. Um, and it's just a really fun game. One of the things that I think, I don't want to necessarily say I enjoy this game more than Batman Gotham City Chronicles. Because I love both of them. Mm-hmm. But the big thing that this game has over Batman is simplicity. Yeah, that's true. And again, Batman has that tightness in your chest feeling. It's mm-hmm. a, the re, the managing of resources is very, very important, tight, uh, and it's great. And so I think, boy, that is a really tough thing to choose between these two. It's definitely you have some more shared content DNA. for Batman right now. You so do. I, yes, I I can see this game in a year being a game we probably play more. Yeah, but for now, because of the richness of and depth of the content, but this these guys didn't hold back. Like what I found so impressive now hearing their first time studio, yeah. the investment they put into what's on this table is they, they bet on themselves really hard. You know, these are quality components. Everything I touched, I was like, God dang it. I hate this. That, Cause it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the punch is beautiful and centered and thick. The plastic is hard and beautiful and all these molds. Like they spent money on this. Yeah. They really bet on themselves hard. And luckily I, I hope the bet pays off because this is something I would play for just, Every time something new comes out, I'm going to hope that you buy and build it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming early next year, there's a bunch of expansion characters already. So the core game comes with, I think, 10 or 11 miniatures. Um, and then I have the two expansions that came out alongside the the game, which is Modoc and Hulk. Um, and then moving forward, they're mostly going to be two packs for expansions cool. with the exception of Venom. Venom is a solo. Mm. Um, but then you get Black Panther and Killmonger is a... Cool. Duo, um, Thor and Valkyrie as Fun. a duo. Um, you get Okoye and uh, what's what's the other girl's name? Uh, Shuri. Okay. Is a two pack. Um, Gamora and Nebula. There's a, they, they've been announced. Cool. So Rocket they're and Groot. Okay. I mean, they've got they've got they're, everybody yeah, that good. you want. That's great. Is coming soon, early next year. That's awesome. Um, and I've pre-ordered all of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely went all in on this, but you, you're, like I said, you're converting people. You got Ross Thompson of, yes, of the op is highly converted to this. I did. I brought it over to his house to play because Ross now has free time for the first time in the last 10 years. Um, and we played it and he immediately bought the game and has been uh, assembling his miniatures. So I'm very excited to play some more rounds with Ross coming up. We, uh, we're obviously going to play this game. Oh, yeah. Again. I, I know. I want to play again. It, it, it's yeah. good. Man. It's a good game. And anytime you have compelling miniatures that you really want to paint, I'm going to be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. the, I'm spending a lot of time painting these guys. And not only am I painting them, but I'm like thinking about the game as I'm painting them. So it it keeps me very engaged for a very long time uh, when I'm when I'm really wanting to paint everything and and in this game yeah they, I had a question for you yeah so these are the the minis that you have to assemble and we you talked about Ultron being so many pieces sure Avengers the, assemble yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I threw that one right up there <laughs> right down the middle uh, oh boy <laughs> um, what's the average time to put together a like a a character just like an average one okay so. Because you're gluing these, too. They're not I'm gluing snapping. them. No, no, no. I'm gluing them, and a, and a lot of them are, are a lot of pieces. For me, I've been doing this f- for years. I've been mm-hmm. doing the hobby since I was 10. Um, yeah. So a character will take anywhere between 5 and 15 minutes for me oh, to glue. Oh, wow. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Hulk took almost no time at all because he's bigger, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of shoving these things in. And, and it's not, for the most part, it's not like ambiguous places of like, oh, how does this come together? It's like... There is a hole that has a certain mm-hmm. shape, and then there is a jutting out little sprocket that has the matching shape, and you put it in, 
and it's there. And that's why it's not going to fall apart either. There are a couple of characters that are not following that rule. Like Captain Marvel was a real nightmare to put together because <laughs> you have just like her bicep is a piece. And yeah. you're like, okay, well, this is going to be tough. Um, but for the most part, they were fairly simple. To I'm looking at the characters right now. Ultron took me a little while. Marvel took me a little while. But like Captain America, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Baron Zemo, they, they took five minutes. Hmm. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. that's good to hear. Painting's a lot longer. Yeah, sure. But that's that's not needed. You could play no. gray, although, man, your paints look so much better. I, yeah, but, I did it gray uh, the first time when I'd just gotten it, and I convinced Delaney to play. And this is a, really a sign of how good the game is. Delaney hates war games. She hates it. Anything where you bring out some form of measuring tool, uh-huh. she's like, I'm out. Right. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is Sure, that has actually been my barrier, too. Measuring tools are yeah. my barrier. Um, this game has those little measuring sticks. It's not, yeah. you're not using like a tape measure you're right. using measuring sticks that that come in the game small medium or large for movement um but you know that usually for delaney is enough to say i'm out i finally convinced her to play uh she played a game with me and she went yeah i'd play this again yeah she didn't love it right right but she sure. liked it yeah um and that's that's the most i could ever ask from her there you go. on something and like this but yeah we played it when it was all gray and not painted and, and it was less fun than sure. it is when everything's painted. yeah there's such iconic characters you want the pants i i get that so we played 1v1. Yes. Is there the ability to play no, teamies? It is a it is a two-player only game. Okay. I can see how you could make this a four-player game sure. where it's just I have three characters, you know, my teammate has three characters, mm-hmm. you have three characters, your teammate has three characters. Sure. I can't see this as a three-player game. I'd nah. see it as a two or four-player game. Right. With teams. With okay. teams. So basically one v one. Yeah, that's that's the only way I, I really see this working. And and you'd you'd have to homebrew it, you know? Sure. It's, it's the box says two players. Yeah. All right. Well. Very yeah. cool. Very Spe- good. Oh, speaking of homebrewing, I, I, I want to give another shout out because I finally got to play Tattoo Stories. I mean, you uh, haven't played yeah. it yet, right? But, but Eric Slauson, Eric Slauson, who's been on the podcast and is one of our uh, favorite listeners slash only, only listeners. Listener. <laughs> no, yeah. We have a lot of listeners, but they come and go. Yeah, sure. Um, Eric is a constant, and, and we appreciate him immensely. Uh, I got I've played Tattoo Stories now uh, three times with my Friday night game group. Cool, cool. It has quickly become their favorite game. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so great. It is Congrats, now a must play. I'm glad, that's, I'm glad they're liking it. That's every cool. yeah, every time we play. Um, if you like party games that seat six players that have some drawing elements, mm-hmm. tattoo stories. Honestly, it, it is so refreshing and it, and really? it can't be beat. Okay. Um, it it do, it brings a lot. It's a very simple game. It's super easy to pick up and learn. Um, but I had an absolute blast playing it. The basic concept is that one person is saying that they want a tattoo and they have a mm-hmm. bunch of cards in their hand. They have 10 right. cards. Yep. They're going to pick five of those cards and they can be things like a hula dancer. Right. Or it could be something like a name written backwards. Oh, okay. So that it can be seen in the, in the mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they have five elements of a tattoo that you, everyone else has to draw on a whiteboard. Okay. Um, and then he will award points to the people who did each aspect the best. You don't have to do all the aspects the best, just one of the aspects the best okay, to get so a point. dishing out a possible five points? Yes, okay. exactly. Um, we've had an absolute blast with the game. Um, even the people who are terrible at drawing have still gotten points because sure. they'll draw something bizarre and bonkers and they'll get, they'll get points for it. Yeah. Um, really, really, honestly, it's, it's a fantastic game. It's super fun. And uh, I'm sorry, Eric, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, it says it's max six players. It's max seven players. Uh, there are six whiteboards, but one person is not using whiteboards because uh, they're the person who's the customer. Game. Yeah. Um, so we we had seven playing, and we were like, yeah. well, we can just 
Because at first we were like, oh, it's only six players. We can't do it. And then I thought for a second and was like, no, we can still do this with seven. Yeah, totally. So uh, it's a it's a secretly seven player game. That's not even, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not even secret. That's a, no. if I was marketing that thing, it would, you, you, you dang sure believe it would say seven on the thing. Yeah. I eke out a player count as wide as I can. I can see both sides of that argument. Um, but really, if you're not going to have that, again, those, those toxic fans, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're not a toxic person who's like trying to find things to hate, right. Um, which those people exist. And so I can understand why they didn't say it was seven players. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, a normal human being who likes to have fun and doesn't get really upset at nothing, then it's a seven player game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. So yeah, we've got, we talked about some games. We played some yeah, games. We did. Uh, what, what, what do you want to move on to? You want to, you want to talk about our new, uh, our new TV show we're watching? Yeah, we're watching it. It's fine. <laughs> Which is up from after I watched episode one. Mm-hmm. I was, I told you this is hot trash and a... This I is, you liked episode one. Nay, nay. I did oh, not like, like I did not one. like episode one. No, I didn't uh, like episode one. I didn't really like episode two. So just uh, for reference, we're talking about the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the Mandalorian. It's not, I mean, it's, it's cheap pops. That's all it is. It's a, it's a, it's, it, you know, it's, it's Mr. Pibb. It's a cheap pop. They put it in baby Yoda. Cheap pop. They, they, sh- they did episode three is purely. Look at all the cool action figures we're going to sell you. Cheap pops. I loved episode three because it went... And I am only at three, by the way. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about four, episode four was great. Um, I don't know. I feel differently because, yes, it's Lone Wolf and Cub. That's the story they're telling. Yeah. Uh, But especially episode three, it's going directions that I want it to go, but think... Like, as someone who's watched a lot of things and written things, I'm like, well, they're never going to do this, Mm -hmm. but that's what I wish would happen. Yeah. And then it happens. And I was like, oh, wow, you guys made a a somewhat bold choice. What? I don't want to spoil. Okay. If the the, the people listening to this have seen The Mandalorian, we are spoiler than the Lord. Okay. Well, spoilers, uh, fast forward 30 seconds. Um, I did not think that we were in episode three going to have him fully decked out in the armor. The armor is one of the most interesting things of the show to me because it is contextually, story-wise important, and we have established it from the very beginning mm-hmm. how important this armor is for him to acquire and to and to build out. Mm-hmm. And watching him accomplish this mission and giving us the stakes from the very first episode and then seeing him accomplish it gives it a feeling of worth and gives the armor its own sort of characteristics to it that I felt were very compelling and super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, he made a he made a shoulder pad in episode one. Like, yeah. the payoff was a shoulder pad. Well, like, and that's but that means yeah. but it was so important to him to get a shoulder pad. And I'm like, okay, I understand what a shoulder pad means to this character. These right? are like 17 minute long episodes, and he took two minutes to make a 17 shoulder minute long pad. episodes. What are you talking about? That's like, like an a hour 13 long minute episode. What are you and he took about? six minutes to make a shoulder pad. <laughs> I've seen I YouTube cool. ads that were longer than a Mandalorian episode, and he made a shoulder pad. The first episode is an hour. Huh. <laughs> so maybe you enjoyed it a little more than you thought because yeah, it flew maybe. by. Yeah. Also, yeah. the IG, it's not IG88, but he's Oh, IG yeah, he was a very IG88 character. But it was an IG. That was the best part. He's an IG. You know who voiced it? Taika no. Waititi. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm all in on Shout out Taika, friend of the pod. God, I love Taika Waititi. <laughs> um, it was, it, I think it's a great show. I think it's got a lot going for it. One thing I think is very interesting, and I, I 
would be shocked if John Favreau was would disagree with this, but it takes so much from video games. Oh yeah, totally. It is basically a video game cutscene, absolutely, as a TV show. Yeah. But it does it in a way that, like, as somebody who's grown up playing video games and plays games right. all the time, or used to at least, um, I'm like, oh. I understand that this is like he's on a fetch quest or right. like he's trying to build out his epic tier armor. Totally. And yeah. that's an episode. That is a storyline in a TV show. And I have never seen any other show take video game concepts, video game missions, quests, dialogue, these sorts of right. concepts and execute them in a way that felt properly cinematic and have emotional weight to a story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is totally big. And the whole armor subplot, is you go out, you take battle damage, you have to repair your suit, and yep. you're, you're balancing your economy. I mean, it, it's definitely a video game. It's, um, <clears throat> it's fine. It's the fine. the it's other okay. thing I really love about the show, uh, I'm just going to keep going because yeah, I go really it. like it. Oh, um, most of what new Star Wars does is they go, like you say, they try to sell toys. Mm-hmm. And the way they try to sell toys is by making up new aliens, new spaceships, right. new armor, new bad guys. It's all new, and it's not necessarily building on the things that came before. Yeah. What Mandalorian does so well, and with a lot of practical effects, is that they bring back things from the original trilogy, Mm -hmm. and they flesh them out. They build, they do world building with elements that we already recognize instead of constantly bringing out new things. Yeah. We're looking at Jawas. He's constantly using his... Which he f- can't beat, and he's the baddest Mandalorian ever. He's he, And that's part of it, too. He's by himself, and he's not good at it. He's yeah. on his own, yeah. and there were many get, instances where he's bad at his job. He's very bad. Yeah, he gets deus ex machina every episode. And I think, though, that that's interesting. I would prefer for him to be in a tight spot and be saved by a deus ex machina than have him just constantly be the ultimate badass so. who can just get himself out of every situation by being the ultimate badass. Yeah, I guess you gotta give him some growth, but boy, you know, he can't beat a Jawa. He can't beat a... Well, it's a lot of Jawas. He can't beat a, uh, a rhino. Well, he wasn't familiar yeah. with that creature. I he think that those it. are things... Yeah. Inter- I think it's interesting, yeah. and I like watching yeah. him deal with... Um, oh, I was about to spoil something from episode four. I'm not oh, going to. Thank you. I just really like seeing things that I already am familiar with, and they're brought to life with new context, new stories, new depth. Um, I love how we're we're in this era where the imperial uh, empire has dissolved, but we still see stormtroopers, but they're covered in dirt and grime. Right, yeah, lived it's like the in. build up. It's filling in gaps. It's it, filling. It, it's gaps. useful for that, and it's, the world feels lived in. We've got Baby Yoda, right? Like, oh boy, you know. We but you don't like it. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great that but, we're bringing in something again. We're bringing in something that we already know. And so when we see Baby Yoda, that's all the backstory we need to know about him. I think Baby Yoda, like, look, hey, you know, Baby Yoda, cool. Here's the problem with Baby Yoda. It's 50, and it's that size baby. Well, that's because Yoda was something like 900. Over 900 years you reach, look as good as you will not, whatever. Um, By the way, the uh, affectations in speech, tired of it. The I have spoken guy, come on, man. That's Nick Nolte. I have spoken, what is, somehow they all speak English, but they speak English with some weird affectation. Tired of that. Um, but Baby Yoda's a problem because you've made a character that's 50 and is a pure infant. Yeah. So we're not going to, like, ah. now you're going to do that TV thing where, like, in season three, I'm going to have teenage Yoda? Like, no. Don't no, mess no, with no. the aging. But now you're going to have a baby the whole time. No. So I never get to talk to it. So it, it, you just put yourself in this hole that, for me, 
Baby Yoda, if it's if Baby Yoda's still on the show in season three, I'm sick of Baby Yoda. I will be surprised if Baby Yoda is in season two. Good. That's what I want. I want no Baby Yoda. Uh, after a season, give me one season, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Get all the cheap pops you can. Yeah. Sell all the merch and then go get me teenage Java, whatever. You know, give me geriatric Java. Well, moving forward, yeah, I I will hope that they have new stories that that are not all focused around Baby Yoda. But season one, that's clearly the arc that they're doing, and I'm enjoying it. I'm very much enjoying Mandalorian right now. That's fine. Yeah. It's It's totally fine. It is okay. I will watch it all. Okay, so so thinking of things that, uh, speaking of things that you actually very much enjoyed, let's move on to our thing of the day. Okay. All right, why don't you start? All right, well, uh, I saw a movie. (laughs) I saw a movie by the best Star Wars director uh, of all time, (laughs) uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. So I have been, this was my most anticipated winter movie. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the first trailer dropped, I knew I was all in. I knew I had to wait till Thanksgiving and it was going to crush me. Uh, Knives Out is uh, based off Agatha Christie. Loosely. Uh, I mean, loosely. It's, it's, it's inspired. inspired. Well, he does yeah. he does genre uh, movies, right? So yes. he comes in, he does noir with with Brick. He does uh, Kooky Caper with Brothers Bloom, which is my favorite project of his. Mm-hmm. Um, he does uh, what's he going sci fi with Looper? Sci fi with Looper, and yeah. now he's doing he's doing Closed Room Who Done It, right? Mm-hmm. And so the cast is phenomenal. You got your Daniel Craig's. Yeah. You got your Chris your Evans. Chris Evans in a in a role that just breaks him out of the Marvel universe purely so and just shows that he is an actor. Yes. Uh, to be reckoned with. You got yep. uh, Ana de Armas, who is always a delight. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson. Yeah. Michael Don Johnson Shannon. killing it. Michael Shannon, creepy as always. Love him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's just it's very Johnson. And I've said about Ryan Johnson constantly that uh, if Wes Anderson was good. He would be Ryan Johnson. And he, so he has, he's very stylized. And so the movie's very stylized. It's heavy dialogue, which mm-hmm. I love. Um, very well directed. The pacing is just lovely. I got out of there in two hours and 10 minutes. Right. So that's where I want to be. Yeah. I want to live in that zone. Um, satisfying payoffs. Every single dang thing pays Absolutely. off. Absolutely. It's, it is a fantastic inversion or, or breakdown of the whodunit genre. Yeah, in the I best in way. Genre, genre. Yeah, so I, I shouts to my boy Alex. Trebek. It it does so much where at first you're guessing, right, and then it throws something at you where you're like, oh, did you just spoil everything? Like, did you just right. reveal everything yeah, right yeah. now? And you're like, yeah. you couldn't possibly. And of course he didn't. Yes. Um, and there's still more, but but by, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, don't don't spoil this one. By watch this movie. By giving people. By handing you that little that little treat and mm-hmm. saying you think you know what's going on, right? It just elevated everything around it so much more, so that you were that much more into it because it's not your standard whodunit. You're not sitting there going, right. "Oh, who did it? Oh, I don't know. It could be that guy. Right. It could be yeah, that guy." Yeah, there's not a bunch of MacGuffin. There's it's not a not, bunch of red herring. It's, everything it's is a good through. Line. Yes, the pl- everything in the plot comes back except for. One thing. We'll talk about that after the year. Sure. Yeah. But um, there was the, one thing. I think. Yeah. I, I think we agree. Yeah. Yes. But for the most part, everything comes back mm-hmm. and, and in a meaningful way. Nothing felt cheap um, or misleading intentionally. Right. Uh, it was. It earned 
everything. And it was exceedingly yeah. clever at how it earned it. Absolutely. And I, yeah, Bloom does that as well. And I can't wait to watch this again because I was a little tense. I had my whole family there. It was Thanksgiving. Right, right. I'm hoping they like the movie. I'm sure. watching, trying to figure out the movie. The second time, knowing a big element of the ending and mm-hmm. being able to watch it through that character's eyes, essentially, the second time around, mm-hmm. is going to be really pleasing. And that's that's my favorite thing. And Ryan Johnson, I, I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I really do think he's a, one of the best directors working. Yeah. Um, and if you think, oh, no, and you're worried that he's going to direct an episode of Mandalorian in season two, I would point out your favorite episode of Breaking Bad, go look at who directed it. Wait, you mean he directed Fly? Well, I was going <laughs> to go there. You're, I was going to finish that with your least favorite episode of Breaking Bad. Yes, he directed that too. So he directed... Ozymandias yep. and Fly. Yep. I happen to love both. A lot of people give Fly flack. Mm. It's a great bottle episode. It is a good episode. I like yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but it gets all the flack. But I love that yep. Johnson has the highest rated and the lowest rated Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> and that's very much how people react to what he does. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't play it safe. He, he, no. he's, he's pushing. He's going to subvert some stuff, but in an earned way. Yep. And I think that's what makes me so attracted to his works is I know I'm not going to get, you know, Deus Ex. Baby Yoda ain't showing up in Knives Out. That's true. He's not saving the day. Well, he kind of deus exed, though, in Star Wars Last Jedi. Or not Last Jedi, whatever the second one was. That's um, what he did. That was Last Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Penultimate Jedi would I, be the correct name for yeah. that film. Well, I mean, he kind of did that with the Space Leia. Yeah, that is a terrible moment of Star Wars. And again, you're, you're saying, you're going, oh, but she's really powerful. Fine. One line of dialogue. Yep. You've missed the part where no one said, yo, dude. Did she just fly from outer space? Yep. No one says it. Yeah. That's the problem with Space Leia. It's not that she does it. You can say she has force. That's fine. Right. No one addresses it. And right. that's weird. It just so. happens. I agree. That's a bad moment. Yeah. yeah. But, but Knives Out. Knives Out was fantastic. Killer. Killer yes. movie. It was a killer whodunit. Yeah. Whodunit yep. killer. We're, yeah, we are. killed. I was trying to get there with something. I was hoping you would step in. Where was the puns? Anyway. The killer was killer. No. Like, eh, that's bad. No, that's yeah, bad. No. All right. It's a numbers well. game. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, what are you into? Uh, my thing, because I didn't want to do something that everybody's watching that's like super obvious, right? Like we talked about Mandalorian because everybody's watching Mandalorian. I'm not going to convert anybody and be like, oh, I should check this thing out. What is the Mandalorian? Right. First you've I heard of it here. Right. Or breaking news. Exactly. I didn't want to do that. I want to talk about a six episode BBC series that aired in 2014 and is only available on YouTube. Perfect. I want to hear more. <laughs> it's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. The, that's the name of the bar on Deep Space Nine, right? That's Quarks. Uh, and he's a Ferengi. <laughs> he's a Ferengi. Yeah, 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 we got there. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Well, this is um, a... God, I don't even know how to describe it. It is a fake 80s soap opera hospital show. Okay. Where the lead doctor also combats supernatural forces. Okay. But it's also about the creator of the show talking about how his 80s program was failed and canceled two episodes in, featuring interviews from the producers and cast of the show intercutting throughout the episodes. So it's like a Christopher Guest kind of uh, mockumentary style? It's a mockumentary that then cuts into the actual program that they were making at the time. that's cool. If you're a fan of things like IT Crowd, this is going to be your jam. This is, it's starring Matt Berry. Okay. um, And Richard Ayoade. 
who are both in IT crowd. Matt Berry is currently on What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Okay. He's very funny in everything he's in. Um, and it's it's just, it's hard to describe. <laughs> but like, if you like things that are intentionally cheesy, where they're leaning into the joke that it's supposed okay. to be bad. Sure. And it's 80s. And this is your show. Richard Ayoade plays a, he's a producer of the show. Yeah. So when he talks about things, he's like, oh, I've never been a producer before, but this time it was very fun for me. And also, I got to be an actor on the show, and I had always wanted to be an actor. And then you cut to him in the show, and he's clearly not an actor. When you see him in there, he's like, oh, doctor, I've got something to tell you. It's something very important. And also, I fell asleep while I was doing my job, and there was a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he's just trying to rush all of his yeah, words yeah, out, yeah. and he's staring directly down the line. Oh, he's good. looking right into the lens. Okay. Uh, and everyone else is very hammed it up. You know, you've got Matt Berry's coming in. He's Doctor, how could you? How could you operate on a waking patient? And then I, Richard Ayoade comes in. Yes, Doctor, that's not the kind of procedure that we do here. You could be in serious trouble for an act like this. As so right. that kind of stuff. Um, but then there are like giant mutant eye babies that a doctor is trying to hide from everyone. Or there's a okay. doctor who's got psychic powers who goes insane and is blowing people up with her mind. Oh, wow. um, very silly. Very funny. Uh, it's only six episodes. Okay. And it's all on YouTube. Okay. So I feel like nobody's heard of this show. Uh, it aired on like, not BBC, but like Channel 4 England, right? Um in 2014. Okay. So, yeah. That's, that's a nice deep cut to balance out picking what I thought was a deep... I thought Knives Out would be a small indie movie. Turns out, sold out everywhere. No, I had trouble great. getting a screening. It's doing very well, Which I'm I glad. Think. Another R-rated movie. Yep. Gonna break 100 mil. Gonna mean more good content. Original IP. Yeah. R-rated. Buying a ticket to Knives Out makes studios take chances. Buy the ticket. Yeah. yeah. Go see Frozen 2. Buy a ticket for Knives Out. You loved Knives Out. I loved it. Delaney loved it. My parents went and saw it on Sunday. Both of them loved it. And that's a feat in and of itself. Uh, I don't think my dad's been to a movie that he's stayed awake through in 10 years. And he loved this. So, oh. I haven't seen a Tarantino movie all the way through in a long time. Um, But. Yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah I would see. check out Dark Place. Go too. see, this watch, yeah. yeah, Garth watch Marenghi's out. Dark Place. Watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Mandalorian's totally Mandalorian. fine. It's fine. And then, it's go, fine. and then go buy Crisis Protocol. <laughs> yeah, and then do that. There you go. <laughs> oh, but only if you're able to uh, to assemble the minis. That's yeah, the biggest barrier of entry it is a That is a real barrier, John, because I, I will, you know, I ask you your, your time. Ask me yeah. uh, how long it takes me to assemble a mini. How long does it take you to assemble a miniature? Infinite. And that, <laughs> I began one once, and I have... Never finished it, so I will let you know when I finish that first one. Gotcha. But gotcha. I, I, that is, unfortunately, we played, and I was like, wow, and then, you know, you showed me the great paints and the sculpts, and then you dropped that bomb that they were assembled, and I realized I will only ever play someone else's set, unfortunately. Sure. Well, a- as we wrap up, I will, I will tell one last fun story uh, about this game was I had ordered it, I'd pre-ordered it, um, and Amazon had told me that it had arrived at my house, and three days later, it still had not. So I went ahead and I ordered a second copy because I was like, well, it's not coming and I'm going to get my first charge reversed. Um, but, um, of course, 
three hours after I ordered my second copy, a neighbor showed up, which, yes, if you're wondering, I did knock on all my neighbor's doors. They also, they didn't have it. A neighbor two blocks away had received it. Um, but they came and delivered it to me. But while I was waiting, I was thinking, some neighbor got this. They opened it and they saw a game and they were like, I'm going to keep this. I'm right. taking this. But then I started laughing myself because I was like, now this asshole is going to open up the box and just see... 14 sprues of like 20 miniature pieces that yeah. you have to assemble per sprue and they're going to be sad yeah. and I'm going to laugh. <laughs> uh, but it turned out they were a nice person and brought it anyways. They, uh, they just had, hadn't checked their door in three days. There you go. Uh, but there was a certain, definitely a moment where I was like this, some person has no idea what they've just gotten themselves into. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, the, if you don't know, the hobby. If you haven't done it, I could imagine that there's there's thirteen years old, thirteen year olds out there who were like, "Yup, I totally. see Marvel Crisis, Crisis Protocol. I really want this game. This game looks great." And then it gets delivered, and they open it on Christmas, and they're ready to open it up and play it. Yeah, and that's gonna happen. They've got a lot of work ahead of them, and also maybe don't even have the tools to do right. that. Yeah, you need specialized tools. You yeah. need the yeah, clippers, you need the special dads. glue, yeah. you need the nail files. Well, if you're like me, you need the nail files to cut off the the uh, printing lines and mold lines and stuff like that. Uh, and then, of course, you have to paint them as well. So the, <laughs> if, if you have a child who has not assembled miniatures before, this is maybe not the game to get them. Yeah, and sadly, the bases come into play with the rules. So you're proxying these, by proxy, I mean switching out these yep. pieces with toys or whatever, it's not really appropriate because the way the base is sized yeah. actually affects the rules. Of the yeah, game. yeah, that so doesn't fly. That's why I will not be buying it, but I will love playing it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, you got anything else to talk about? I feel like we talked about that's it That's great. I, wanna, I, I just want to gossip about wedding stuff now, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right, great. Well, it's happening in June. It's happening during Origins. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. Columbus, Ohio. I actually do like origins quite a lot and uh i i won't be sad to miss it because i'll much be be much happier where we are but it is a good show so. I, yeah i greatly prefer origins to gen con i was gonna skip Haunted. gen con this year um now i think i have to go yeah i'm going I'm skipping origins yeah so we'll both be at gen con crazy the first time we've both been at a convention in like two years yes <laughs> right, I'm, I'm committed to the bit back in shows and do it all right cool well uh i think for now that's it yeah. No. Oh no, you're right. Oh shit. It's been so long. I've wow. forgotten our Wow. <laughs> Are you getting enough sleep, John? I am not. <laughs> oh, is that because you went to a place that it's, you shouldn't have? Yeah, it's because once upon a time I went to sleep. No. <laughs> once upon a time I went to mattress firm and it sucked. There so don't go. go to Mattress Firm. All right. And if you want a show where, <clears throat> you know, an experienced character finds a not-so-experienced character and uh -huh. kind of takes them through a journey oh. and, and does all of that, yeah. like, uh, you should check out, maybe not, you know, Mandalorian is fine, but you know what's really good? The Simpsons. Castle. Oh. Yeah. So well, I'm waiting for, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's on ABC. Okay. And uh, if you like The Mandalorian, you're going to love Castle. What night? Is uh, on, on I think it's on every night. I think new episodes <laughs> play at about 2 a.m. every night, from what I can tell. Yeah. All right, perfect. So uh, watch Castle. Okay, and now... Okay, that's, that's it. it.